Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 16-3. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's (laughs) 16-3. Numbers are hard, understandably, when they get this a little confused. Um, We're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm really cold. And he's super, super cold. And every week we hang out in my office and we listen to great video game music with my dog, and my we cat. can't actually hear the music because he is deaf. <laughs> and we're wearing headphones. That is true. <laughs> so, <coughs> anyway, this is what we do. <laughs> and thanks for joining us. It's just just me and Purnell hanging out. We've had um we've had a lot of guests in the past, but today it's just it's just gonna be us riding solo. Numero numero els dosos. Those aren't even words. I like to think that we don't have one of those motorcycles with a sidecar. That we're just, it's a double motorcycle. <laughs> and we're just like side by side, just going. Like that, I was going to make a reference, but a sad, blasted mobile game I've been playing for ages because. Uh, oh, you still playing that? I still play Cartoon Network Matchland. I hate you, Chris Murray. Uh-huh. Well, that's amazing, though. I mean, is it still holding your attention, or is it now like. I think it's it- less about holding my attention, it's more just I'm caught in the loop. I have to go in and farm for my pizza and my, oh. my jawbreakers. So I can get enough goods to level up my guys so they can go fight, you know, custard and popsicles. And then once they're dead, you know, I can go to the tower where I can fight snails and yeah. other crustaceans, which a snails in the crustacean, but you get the point. I know, yeah, I get sea life. So, a snail isn't even sea life. What the heck am I talking so about? So you're putting the time into it to earn the stuff so that you can fulfill the quests later on. Yeah, just you're putting the time yeah. in so you can do more to put more time in. It's a loop that will never end. I understand. I, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, that that is the game now. Like, I, that is what it is. I can at least be proud of saying I never gave them one red cent, though. I will never put money in. I'll just do the slow grind. I'll burn up slowly. You don't think it's worth the money at this point? I feel like I've mentioned this on the show many times. Don't you think that the amount of time you've spent playing this game is worth some money? No. Because it feels like you're already doing work. Yes, but no. See, I think... You're, at, this point, that, at this point, you think they should pay you. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. That's, that's the entitlement right that's there. terrible. No, that's terrible. get out of here. <laughs> no, that's called entitlement. No, my philosophy is if I go into a game... And they say, "Hey, you can, you know, you can play the game for free right, and slowly right. grind up." Oh, this poor dog here is sit on my back. You know what he's trying to do? Yeah, she did this bad. It's like you can either welcome to the dog cast. <laughs> you can either <laughs> drop a dom, you can either pick up the game, play it for free, and then as you slowly play through the game, you can unlock some stuff. But uh, or you can pay this flat cost, get the whole game outright, and play it. Mm-hmm. At that moment. I would just say, I'll start it for a little bit, and if I like the game enough, I'm just going to pay the flat cost and get the entire game. That, to me, is the way it works. That yeah. is my style. But what yeah. I don't like is where it's like, you can drop 20 bucks for currency right. in the game. On Android and iOS, like you go through their store, and they show you a list of games. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would guess that if people saw a price tag, even if it was $2, they would never play it. And they would never know what the game is like. Oh no, but that's where the that's where that the other thing I described earlier yeah. comes in. Like if the game can be downloaded and you can start it, mm-hmm. and you can say it'd be like, okay, I hope you like if you like this game, pay me pay us ten bucks. Oh and yeah, get, and unlock everything. So I, I have some of that 
I, I have some games that I play that are, that that are that, that's like that, where you spend the money and then just removes ads and stuff. Yeah, that which is, is nice. good. I like that. The the whole thing is with with the Cartoon Network game that you're playing and like games like Golf Clash and stuff like that that I was obsessed with. It's that the game is revolved around this ecosystem of fake money mm-hmm. that there's no way to buy the game outright at this point. Yeah, and that's because they know the money is in the currency. And yeah. that's what I'm not down with. It's so like- frustrating. So talking about money in games and being a problem, Street Fighter V, they, there is now in, in-game ads that you can turn on or off. So you can turn the ads on, but if you turn the ads on, do you like get? Access You're supposed to, to get you, you get extra you get extra uh, itchy and scratchy bucks to, to spend <laughs> on things. But it's but like the amount of money that they give you like for winning matches. Go to all the different locations in the game. Like does not accept this. Yeah, and bucks. the amount of the amount of funny money you need to buy characters is so much that it takes forever, and you're ne- you'll never do it. Even you'll, with the ads, you'll just never do it. Even with the ads, it's not it's it's still not enough. It's so little. So what they've done, and it looks. Awful, Pernell. It looks like someone badly photoshopped these these things, but it's in game. So you have you can like turn on ads and you get ads on your character, like slapped, like on your character. Are you seriously saying I can boot up the game, like, pick Cammy, and Cammy will have like Folgers crystals yeah. on her sleeve? <laughs> yeah, Folgers <laughs> crystals. Okay, granted, if you could choose your your um your sponsor and you have like Pringles, you know that'd be awesome. That honestly, a part of me would be okay oh, with. Okay, it. yeah, but like right now, all they have is like Capcom Pro Tour logos. And it's so stupid. It's not just like, oh, it's on her shoulder, you know, or like on the back of somebody. It is all over them. Is like, her face like a NASCAR. With a Capcom logo. It's like on their ears, on their shoulders. Like they're at, they're adding extra clothing to the characters to put these logos on Street them. Street Fighter Five season pass. Next season is going to have walking well, literal walking. That's the logos. thing. I think they're. I think they've gotten rid of the season. I'm not sure, but I think they've gotten rid of the season passes so that you have to buy everything individually now. I seriously can't wait to unlock okay. the Arby's head. So that is one level of ads. The next level of ads is to have all of those advertisements in the background of stages. Okay, and, and then that is, the third level of ads that. is a full screen advertisement in between matches. I'm of all those things. Mm, I'd where, rather have that. But the, as the long flashing as because here's the thing, I, I find this interesting. This came up before, so I was like, it's specifically with the racing games because this is where it usually happens the most. So, well, right, you buy a racing game yeah. and you're driving through the city, and as you make this sharp turn, there's a billboard in the corner, and the billboard is for Walmart. Yeah. If you, uh, yeah. for the record, you if you buy if you're advertising games, do not put Walmart in my game. I don't want to see that advertisement. But the point is, there's <laughs> advertisement in the corner. It's like, would that bother me? And the answer is probably not, because theoretically speaking, I feel as though if you were driving mm-hmm. through a city, there will be advertisements around. Yeah. If you were in a NASCAR race or a general race. The race is probably going to have advertisements to deal with its own revenue. Yeah, I wouldn't mind like if, um, like in the background of a Street Fighter stage, there's like a sign, like a billboard, and they and they, every once in a while they would throw maybe uh, like ads on it, like Pizza Hut, you know, or something like that. And like, it'd be even better if the ad was game thematic, like you'd be like you'd be like a character like punching like hunger in the face, yeah. and like the explosion's like Pizza Hut. I don't think but they're putting that amount of thought they into probably any of this. Are. It looks. It looks so bad. Like the the aliasing or whatever around the advertisements on the characters, it doesn't fit. It, it looks like someone like myself photoshopped it right onto it. Um, but anyway, that's just me complaining about Street Fighter and you complaining about... I mean, these are games that we still play. Although I gotta say, I haven't played Street Fighter 5 in about... 
uh, probably over a year now. Also, speaking because the load time was killing me. I got to bring this argument into the show because that's how insane I am right now. Okay, what's up? Smash Brothers. Okay, Smash Brothers. Have you played any Smash Brothers? I booted the game up to claim Piranha Plant. You got the Piranha Plant because I've been. I'm still. Well, he isn't out yet, but you got to like register in order to be able to get him for right. free when you release him. Right now, probably still across the globe, across the globe, people are grinding out to get every character so they can get all of their friends over and play every character in the game. But I don't have that network, so <laughs> I'm in no rush to grind out <laughs> any characters. I'm just going to be playing it for my own personal enjoyment. <laughs> But I, I think it's interesting. Like, there's like this huge contingent around like this pro play style of Smash Brothers. Yeah, and I think it's it's funny. very popular. A couple days ago, just as a just as a like a general, I want to make a statement. Statement. I just made a post on the internet on Facebook saying. I don't feel as though Smash Brothers is Smash Brothers without items. It just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And. As you would wager, you know, it's, it's, if it's a Facebook status I'm making, and I'm not making a declaration, it's obviously my opinion. Yeah, but you are towing the line. I am walking You're the line. You are walking the line of someone saying Smash Brothers is just a party game. It's not supposed to be serious. Well, well here's where I go with it. I like, know. But you see, I know I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean, but yeah. you're towing that line. Oh, I don't even <laughs> have to tell I'll say it verbally. I feel as though the game was initially conceived as a party brawler. Yeah. And I'll stick with that. Like, you look at the original cover art for the game when it came out. It has Link holding a paper fan, and it's got Biff and Pal in the corners, mm-hmm. and everybody's all cartoony. And then the characters themselves are living toys. They are toys brought to life by a giant hand. Yeah, but just like any any other... Not any other, but I feel like people take start to take the games more seriously. People start to get more competitive, and they start to find strategies, and the game becomes a competitive game. Yeah, but here I got I have two layers of discussion for this. I think it's probably the podcast brought to you by Smash Discussion. But well, Smash, so, Smash um, should be Smash should be both. Like, oh no, and, and I'm, I was getting to that, but I think we're going to agree on a lot of stuff here. Okay. So the first thing is disagree. Well, fine. <laughs> second thing. No. So first thing is. When I say, like, there's this discussion where people like to have where they say, well, people feel as though they need to, you know, take these things, add these things to the game. Once you add items in, it becomes less competitive because of the fact that now you're taking the skill out and you're making it so it's very luck-based and item chasing. You're adding some chaos. Yeah, but here's the trick to that. Here's the statement. So, one, you're not adding items. The items from default were always there. In order to make it competitive as people would want, mm-hmm. you're taking the element out of the game. So while I do understand the logic behind people wanting to do that and how they do that, the fact remains that you are changing the game to get that competitive style that you're mm-hmm. craving. It's not like the items weren't there and then they later said, we need to put items in to make some chaotic elements. <laughs> you're saying like, oh, no, 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 no. The game is items by default. The game is supposed to be with items. You're changing it. Yeah, the yeah. thing is nice of the company to say you have the option to do that. Okay, not not that I believe this, what I'm about to say, but like it sounds like you're putting the blame on those players. No, no, you're no. Like, you're saying like, oh, it's your fault. No, not even. But the statement is, is stay, I say with that with this particular intent. On behalf of them, I'm hurt. You should. It's <laughs> very hurt. For them. No, it's more. It's the thought of saying. <laughs> mm. Like when a person says like the default, it's just like back in the day people would say we're talking about game difficulty. Mm. This is a side tangent, but it's the same logic. Okay. People say, how yeah. do you play the game typically? You go default settings, default everything, which is you boot the game up, you you push start and you go. You change nothing but what 
character you might pick at the beginning of the game. Default base settings. Default base settings of Smash Bros. is items on at a medium setting. Pick whatever character you want. Go into the mode and wonk out. Have fun. But in future games, because of the fact that... Actually, it might have even been available in the first game. I don't remember the exact dip switch settings in that. But the point is, the option becomes available where say, hey, maybe you don't want to have these items. Maybe you only want to do the final destination stage forever because you just want a level that has no variety and just like a flat surface. We give you the choice to do that. It's there if you want it. But at the same time, you are technically going in and flipping switches to make it, to, to boil it down to specifically yeah. what you want. What's interesting is, and I could be wrong, but I think a lot of people who play this game in groups probably have their own like favorite settings. Oh, totally. Yeah. They even have, I think the new game, from what I heard, even mm. has like a preferred settings option. Oh, that's great. Where you can like break it down to what you want. That's really smart. And yeah. but, but here's what it means. That's what I mean though. So the idea is that, you know, first thing is like I said, the game by default is here are your items, medium settings, blah, blah, blah. The second thing is there is legitimately no wrong way to play the game. All mm. right. If you have a circle of friends that want to play with no items on, and you only want to play on flat levels or whatever, the options are there, so that is your prerogative to do that. And if I'm having enough friend fun with that group of friends, I may well join in on that because sometimes it's really just about playing with your friends and not about arguing over the rules. Yeah. But by that same token, I'm not going to walk into your house and say, you are wrong for doing that. <laughs> I'm going to say... I typically prefer to have items because I don't feel like it's the same game without them. Yeah. But I'm not going to call you wrong for doing it differently. I had a guy flat out say real men play without items on. And my eyes just kind of rolled back like a slot machine <laughs> as I tried to process this, this, <laughs> this thought of a man with a love mom tattoo on his arm walking to the gym. Yeah, man, I just bench 360. I'm on top of my game. Yeah, man, tell me about it. By the way, you get that new Smash Brothers? <laughs> Smash yeah, Brothers. I really love the Smash Ball. But I love the Final Smash for Sonic and Nugget. What do you know about Final Smashes? Well, you know, I like items. Give me that tattoo! Just rips the tattoo off his arm, and he has to go to the hospital because you technically should not be able That's to do that. Yeah, so you're like, wow, he just he just put like his machismo into Smash Brothers. Yeah, like, it's like... That's yeah, crazy. It's like, imagine if I came over here. And was like, oh, Rob, what game are you playing? Oh, I'm playing you know, Dragon Quest or whatever. I'm playing Dragon Quest XI. I'm like, that's cool, Rob. Did you turn all the draconian quest settings on? <laughs> Which is pretty much how you make the game harder. And yeah. you go, no, man, I just I just wanted to have fun and play yeah. the game. What kind of man are you? It's like, oh, it's Celeste. Um, did you play the game on normal or did, what, what did you do? I'll put it on the easy mode so I, I could hang on to things for longer and just play through the story. Oh, you are not. What kind of man are you? Yeah. That's all. You, you're telling me that you couldn't, quote unquote, man up and yeah. go the hardest difficult. No, I would never do that. Do I like difficulty settings to be jacked up? Yes, I yeah. do. Will I sometimes have make the argument that having a difficulty increase opens up more options for mm -hmm. like what the game would require you to do as in you get more out of it yeah yes i would but would i say you are wrong or you're less of a man or woman for playing a game at your preferred style yeah it's um i like i like games that give you the option of difficulty settings because then i can decide for myself how much of a challenge i want to have bam but that doesn't mean that there's three different games and there's only one true 
way to play. Exactly. There's no there's no wrong way to have fun. There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's or have fun. Or have fun eating a Reese's. I think that's the, that think I think that's the that I'm I'm craving chocolate so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. Yes. All right, we're, we're, we've really uh, went off the rails here. Let's talk about um, what our topic is this week because this was one of yours. I got weird this time. I feel like, I feel like I'm putting the blame on Purnell. This is one of your <laughs> topics. <laughs> so every once in a while I'm having my moments where I'm just doing something, you know, waxing the car, you know, trying to run downhill very fast, <laughs> you know, all kinds of things I'm doing. It's just the stuff that normal stuff you do. It's normal things. Normal things. And uh, when those things occur, usually I'll get a spark and something will say, this has to be a topic. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I wanted to do. And this was one of those moments where the topic was simply one word. That's the topic. There is no word coming after that. It's just the topic title is one word. One word. What that is, I said that to Rob, mind you, and I didn't really explain it to Rob. That was one of those things where it's like you send a text and then like a half an hour later, someone else is like, what did you mean by that? (laughs) Exactly. And I think I like when that happens because sometimes it yields really bizarre results. Yeah, no, I I I think we both took it to mean a different thing. Um, the, the show starts with you, mm-hmm. so let's 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 see what your interpretation is, and then um, the same thing where you 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 were just doing something else and you thought of this topic. I was walking my dog and I had an idea for an awesome quiz. So oh. so partway through the show, we're gonna have a fun quiz that you can even play at home. If you <laughs> he stop, mailed out buzzers in if advance. You, if you start and stop the podcast really fast, no. <laughs> but it, it'd be, it's it's really fun. It's it's silly as it was before, um, and I'm happy to to share it. So, what's the first track? What what's the track? Do you want me to guess the word, or do you want to like as the show goes on? Nah, you'll get the word because it's gonna be all over the, the okay okay the episode. So, what's the word? So, well, is know. it the, the bird? <laughs> also, if I say the word, you gotta go ah. Uh, <laughs> we can scream really loud. <laughs> so this first track, funny enough, we actually played it once before on um, on the Pixel Tunes radio a oh. ways back. Okay, but never brought it onto our own show. So I figured this would be a good excuse to play it on Rhythm and Pixels because I love this track. And this track is from the original Disgaea game, mm. and the track title is called Underworld, and the composer's name is Tempe Sato. Nice. So the, your word is going to be Disgaea. Maybe. <laughs> no. Maybe. <laughs>
the little the little victories for all that <laughs> no one gets to see. Rob was having an interesting time <laughs> trying to catch that loop and make it snappy, Got but it. he did. Got it. And it now roars, and it can be played for five minutes or five hours, depending on your taste. What track am I talking about? This is Underworld from the game Disgaea, the very first Disgaea, composed by Tempe Sato. This is a great song. I'm super into it. This it's guy... Got, it's got a lot of a, like drama. Yes. Yeah. It's... This man... Honestly, I know he's done other games. Like he, like I remember a couple of the years ago on the podcast, I realized he did that weird Choro Q racing game. But um, yeah, I'm looking through the, the the discography he's got on just on Wikipedia. There's a lot, a lot on here. Like once Disgaea hits, a lot of the work he does is Disgaea related. Yeah, like he becomes heavily focused in a lot of um, Nipponichi a lot products. Of, a lot of stuff from the '90s. He did um, for Air Shark for the Sega CD. Really? Yeah, Alien vs Predator. Ooh, yeah. See, that's yeah, and even back in the '80s, he worked on Ballast Two. Ballast Two, yeah. yeah see, this guy—he's been, been in my ears for years. So, I didn't even know it. yeah, long, long time. Been doing a lot of work. The one that I was surprised to see was, and if I can find it, not Puppet Princess. I that's sh- definitely. He definitely did that. I'm sure this is really fascinating. Gadget Racers. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's Gadget Racers. So yeah. Gadget Racers, which I didn't realize when I first bought the game, is that in Japan, Gadget Racers was Choro Q. Oh, okay. okay. So um, Conspiracy, it was either Conspiracy or Mustique, but I'm almost positive it was Conspiracy Software. They did a U.S. port of one of the Choro Q games, and they brought it over as Gadget yes. Racers. Yeah. Um, and I loved it because before Mario Kart did it, this game had you, you know, riding your car, going underwater with the car with scuba gear, and then parasailing with <laughs> gliders on the car. No, no kidding. 1984 was the first in the series on the MSX. Yeah, That's man. That's crazy. So, like, when everybody was like, oh, Mario Kart, look how innovative. It was like, man, no. Sure, <laughs> Q's been doing this for years. Doesn't sure. mean I wasn't happy Mario Kart got it on, but same time, ugh. Yeah, Choro Q, and um, on the PlayStation, we called it Penny Racers. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, anyway. But as far as this track goes. It's the bomb. It is the biggity. Yes, <laughs> some might say. Like, it plays only, it plays in a few zones in the game. Like, in Item World, for those familiar with Disgaea, it's like a dungeon you go into items to explore and get experience and power up the weapon. But every 30th floor, this track plays. So, it's... It's go time when this track is on. And in addition, it plays on two story levels, one of which is so brutal that the only way to actually beat it proper without grinding is to utilize a trick that the game doesn't teach you. You have to figure it out oh, there. Fun. So it's like it's a, a kind of like an Easter egg, but it's something that you learn as you play. Yeah, like oh, the man. idea is that you can pick up characters and throw them. But... In this particular case, and later on in the series, it became a staple. Yeah. But you pick up a character, and then another character picks up both of those characters, and another character picks up all three of those characters, and you have a stack of eight party members, and you throw <laughs> them, like you throw the stack one person at a time, like across the map. And the idea is that the entire stage is like populated by enemies that are like six times stronger than you. Like literally, numerically, they are multiplied by six, and basically, it will murder you in one hit. Everyone will. So you have to get all the way to the back of the stage and beat the leader before the enemies get one turn or you will die. Oh, so, you're, so you stack all your dudes and throw them. You throw them one at a time. Like, here's a stack. Throw oh, it here. Great. The next stack throws further down. And by the end, you have one guy 
who has, you better hope he's strong enough to just want the guy into one or two hits or you're finished. Well, that's but it's exciting. awesome. I like that. Does that does that mechanic get used throughout the game for just for fun or are there, are there really good tactics to use that with? Because this is, this is like a tactical RPG, right? Yeah, like it's good for getting around like item world maps and stuff like that in the first game. But aside from that, in the first game, there weren't too many places where it really factored in. Mostly just that one stage. But in future games... They built certain levels around that mechanic, and they built item world with the express intent of saying, you're going to need this to succeed in a lot of places. And then later on, he started making attacks based on it, where you'll have a stack of eight guys, yeah. and then you can attack a guy eight tiles away, and you'll, you'll like whip the stack over, the top guy will grab him, and he'll like spin everyone around oh, interesting. and throw the I guy like into that. the moon. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, this guy has a, a game and a series that I've never, I've never played. But I've always been kind of interested in because I like Final Fantasy Tactics to a point. I'm going to tell you, this yeah. series, I think, I feel like you could probably do the story mode, but I almost feel like you almost be better just coming to my house and seeing some of it because if you're going through this, the base story mode, you can get through it with minimal grinding, contrary to what a lot of people will tell you, but you'll almost want to. And once so you even dive into the grinding part, it takes a lot of time. Is this something that my old man self is going to be like, I don't have time for this. Yes. Okay. I, I, I have little doubt. I mean, try. I'd say try if you get it on the cheap, which you could these days. You can get like, the Sky of Five on the PS4 right now probably for like 10 or 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah I know I've seen that out there. But like, you can so, probably do the story right. mode that way. and you'll, you'll know from there, like, uh, I don't feel like I want to bother with the story anymore. Or you might just go, I'm going to see how it plays out and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, every once in a while I sit down and I'm like, well, there's, I feel like there's some games that I've just never got around to trying and I've always wanted to see what they were like or maybe I, I was interested in them and I wanted to get into them. And that's a I good did that thing. With, I did that with No Man's Sky. Uh, no Man's Sky. Hopefully post-update. Um, yeah, it was. It was that's, that's what caught my attention. I was like, oh, maybe I should jump in on it now with all these new features and things. Still not a game for me. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that game was probably just too slow. Like, it's one of those games where you kind of have to be into the spirit of, like, I just want to explore. I mean, I, th I felt like I was, but there were so many things to keep track of that I was overwhelmed. And then on top of that, it was first person, which I have such little experience with at this point. You have to get you gotta collect five hundred glarbs to upgrade yeah. your ship to get do darbs on other planets like I start with yeah. the letter S. I gotta say recently I had some serious stuff happen at work and a lot of processes that took a very long amount of time through very late hours. And so I would just have to wait. <laughs> Idle time I had a lot of I was just like waiting for these for these progress bars to like to do this and for the hard drives he to was like playing real say, life progress quest. no I went on to classicreload.com and I was playing the original Doom <laughs> and that game was awesome man it still holds up so yeah it's like their 25th anniversary was, was pretty recent I think hmm. and um, I was I was just super into it. I was playing Doom 2 which I think was probably the one I played the most when I was younger and man it's fun it's I just I never even played the sequels just the first game but I played a lot it's like that was before there was a thing such a term as first-person shooter. Everything that came out that was like that, they just called Doom Clone. Yeah, because that was they. That's, uh, you're right, because Doom was the first one. Yeah, then there was never a name for it. They were like, so one of these other these games came out. That was a Doom Clone. Want to play Doom Clone? Doom Clone. Doom Clone. <laughs> no, but yeah, there was so much fun. All right, so I'm gonna flip the script on this song and take it to a different direction. This is called Ace Driver. You've already looked at my set list. No, I haven't, but I'm taking a <laughs> guess based on what this track is. I'm going to see if I can coin what your one word is. Okay, so this is Ace Driver for the Namco System 22 arcade cabinet. Okay. Composed by Hiroyuki Kawada, and this track is called The Winning Run. 
and I don't think it's the ending credits so much as it's like the closest we're going to get to ending credits for this game. And it's uh, Hiroyuki Kawada. Here we go. the winning run from Ace Driver. This is composed by Hiroyuki Kawada for the Namco System 22 arcade system. Mm, this is this is what I love about arcade racing games. It's just so jazzy, it's smooth. I just have to outright say, as this track played, the more I listen to it, I keep hearing like a bit of Seinfeld in it. Though obviously <laughs> this game came out well before Seinfeld, so clearly... I mean, yeah, but you got that slap bass. The slap bass is really, really clear. Um, and, and if you're if you're not like listening to this song with headphones, like if you're listening to the podcast with headphones or in the car, you'll hear all these little twinklies and those little uh, those little synthy splashes are going back and forth and back and forth. Here it comes. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I tell you, I, I just hear the sound. The effect is just in my ear and it's driving me crazy. It is good. This is a good, good tune. Really happy to have this one on the show. So I'm trying to you. guess, is the so I'm gonna guess that the word your word is gonna be related to driver. Yeah, it's gonna be driver. Alright. So and I, your word's gonna be underworld. How'd you know? Be, because it's not Sato. <laughs> it could be Disgaea. <laughs> it could be it could be. Could could very well be. But while this this fun little tune, this little um, this little uh, sounds like game show music going on in the background, we're gonna have a little word quiz. Ready for a word quiz, Pernell? I don't know. Baby, to bip, to dip. All right, so I'm gonna have my screen over here kind of small. Um, I don't want you to look at it. This is a game of synonyms. Okay. okay? So these are gonna be classic NES games, but with the words sort of rearranged okay okay um, and you'll know what I mean I'll give you the first one and I think you'll understand what I'm gonna, so I'm gonna tell you something and then you have to tell me the game title I'm gonna be the first one and it's gonna be super simple okay and then you'll understand what I mean going on from there all okay. right I'm, I'm gonna need that bit of simple yeah yeah, yeah 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 you get it all right fraternity of powerful Italian stereotypes Super Mario Brothers Yes, you got it? Okay. Okay, so that's that's kind of what you have to expect now. All right. <laughs> all right, this is going to get weird. Like, this is going to be an obscure game. Like, what? No, 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 no. They're not all obscure. All right. Two lizards. Two lizards? How Two am I already stumped? Two lizards. 
Poodle Lizards. It's not Gex, because that's stretching it. <laughs> this is a classic Nintendo. Oh, it's a classic Nintendo game. is just two lizards. Two Bubble li- Bobble. No, these are dinosaurs. theme titles. Two lizards. Okay, give me that one. All right, Double Dragon. Oh, dragon. <laughs> I don't think of a dragon as a lizard. <laughs> so I game. think it's funny I say that, even though I just said Bubble Bobble. All right, don't look at my screen. All right, uh, Super Robot Male. Super th- Robot Male. Three is Super Robot Male. This is going to kill me. I <laughs> know. It's harder than you think. It really is, because these are supposed to be, like, based off of actual game titles, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is a game title. Super Robot Male. Oh, Mega Man. Mega Man. Very good. Okay. Very good. All right. I think my problem there was I was trying to think of three words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of I kind of rearranged them a little bit. Okay. You like this so far? All right. I can dig this. All right. All right. The Last Dream. Um. The last dream. The last dream. Oh, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, awesome, cool. All right, that's good. That's that's three out of four. All right, here we go. I would have got that dragon. This one's a little weird. Strike away. Strike away. Strike away. Hmm. And I have to apologize to our <laughs> to our listeners who aren't um in, you know English as their first language. We're playing. Word games with each other. Strike away. Strike away. It's not a sport game, I don't think, though. E-swat? Nah. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's two words. Break down those. Break down each word. Strike away. Oh, so it is two, a two-word title. Hmm. <laughs> this is going to suck <laughs> when I hear the actual answer. That's what makes this bad. You ready? Punch out. Punch out. Yes. Yes. Strike away. Strike away. Punch out. All right, here we go. Sun forests. Sun forest. A sun forest. Light forest now. This one's a little weird. Sun forest. I had a really good time coming up with these. Sun forest. Purple derple. (laughs) Cavalcade of tomfoolery. Uh, Sun forest. Sun forest. This is an NES game? It's an NES game. It's not like a still forest. All uh, right. Forest, woods. Um, oh, you're so close. It's woods. Uh, not warriors, woods, because it's like an exploding forest. All right, that's it. Ready? What is it? Star Tropics. Well, Tropics <laughs> is tropical. not really a forest. It's just a sea of, It's not even a sea of trees. It's, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go with forest. It's a little bit of a stretch. All right. Um, Streamtown Blackmail. River City... Ransom? River City Ransom. <laughs> Street Tail Blackmail. <laughs> That's like my favorite one, I think, because it's like, it's not so overt like the first one, but like it's pretty good. All right. Um, Insane House. Maniac Mansion. Yeah, Maniac Mansion. All right. Um, espionage Sportsman. Whoa. Yeah. Espionage Sportsman. Super um, Spy Soldier? Or? No. Espionage Sportsman. How's this eluding me? I bet this is the <laughs> easiest bloody no, it's one. not. Espionage Sportsman? Yes. Not Ninja Gaiden. That's like side story. Mm-hmm. Espionage Sportsman. It, it's smart. Gogo. No, not Gogo 13. <laughs> Espionage Sportsman. Clearly that has to be Spy, spy Soldier or Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter. Oh, sportsman, a hunter. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you that one. You didn't give it to me. I guessed it. I'm giving. Well, you 
You're, I'm allowing you to have that one that you actually got <laughs> through effort. Pluck. All right, last one. All right, you need one more to get seven out of ten. All right. Seven, that's depressing. <laughs> Usually I'm like nine out of ten. I think you got this one. Frozen Alpinist. Frozen Alpinist. Frozen Alpinist. Ice Climbers? Ice Climbers. Good. Seven out of ten. So which one was I missed? Double Dragon. You missed Double Dragon. You missed... Um, Starting like I got eight out of ten. You missed Star Tropics. Oh, I still don't buy that. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's cockamamie. <laughs> then there was another one. Whatever. No, I think I got eight out of ten then. Because he can't find the other one. You know what? When I go back and edit this and add little sound effects, we'll know. <laughs> we'll know who the true winner is. But yeah, I'm glad you had fun. Hope you enjoyed that at home. <laughs> like we hated the part where Purnell had to think and eventually screw up the answers. I would love, to, I would love to see your scores um, on Facebook. You know, if you want to comment on this episode and give us your score. And unlike me, you can and, pause this episode and not <laughs> yeah. be under the gun for a and tell, me, uh, uh, tell me if you think it was a stupid thing. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, you won't. But and if you do, I just won't listen. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep doing it. <laughs> I can't stop now. He's like, I'm addicted to the quizzes. Yeah, all right, They are fun, though. They're fun. They're a good time. All right, so what's your next track in this theme of Underworld? So this track <laughs> comes from a game where I'm not even sure if I ever picked the track from it. I bet I did, but I don't recall it. So I'm going with it anyway. The game itself is called Cladun X2. And the track title is Underworld. And <laughs> from what I gather... It's it's one hand is Ziz Studio, but then I also have a list of com- music composers for the game. Okay, so it could be so. There's probably a, a group of composers that worked at the studio. Yeah, they might but, be under the but studio. But we just don't know who did what. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So these people be Toshimichi Isoe, mm-hmm. Yo Oyama, Shintaro Jinbo, Yoshihiko Tachibana, and Kaori Sutsui. Okay, and the name of this track is Underworld. Sh- yeah, Underworld. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to, <laughs> you already know the name of it, Underworld from the game Quadun <laughs> X2, composed potentially by one of these people from Ziz Studio. Toshimichi Isoe, Yo Oyama, Shintaro Jimbo, Yasuhiko Tachibana, and Kaori Sutsui. So, love this freaking track. I love the violins. I love everything about it. Everything. Yeah, I, we were just talking about how this is not the best rip that we could find for the track, and so you're probably going to... I want to try to see if I can rip it tonight. Get a better better quality um, from the system direct. Uh, because I can hear like what this is meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, like a, in a fuller sound, because I love that violin. It's, it's a really cool violin sound on top of this kind of electronic, shaky kind of drum set. It's bloody amazing. Yeah, and really the cool. context of when you first hear it in the game, it's just, it's, I think there's a large part of why it has settled in with me as well. Because I haven't played Cladun X2 in a while. And for the record, Cladun stands for Classic Dungeon. Oh, okay. I was like, what's... It's like Cladun. Cladun. <laughs> it's probably Cladun, but I like to say Cladun. So it's cla- Classic Dungeon X2. Mm-hmm. Cool. So... In this game, it's usually composed of a bunch of like short dungeon floors. Like, hey, I'm on this floor. Run through. Find the exit. Boom, you're done. But there is a another area of the game that you can take on where instead of just doing one floor and you're done and moving to the next stage, there's like a series of floors you can descend. And each time you try to look for the exit on the floor, there's multiple exits. And each exit can take you to a different like style of next floor. Mm-hmm. Like one floor type could have a bunch of items and money. Mm. And one floor type could have a lot of traps. But usually you can see the doors and choose how you want to go and progress. However, there is one particular type of door that you cannot see until you're just about to step on it. It is a trap door, <laughs> and it is shaped like a demon's mouth. And when you step on it and that status summary for the floor comes up and you know what's about to happen, you want to cry because <laughs> you go to pretty much a hell floor or the underworld. Okay. And every monster there has stupidly jacked levels. <laughs> they are monsters that you, unless I haven't gotten far enough, you don't see them anywhere else in the game. We're talking like giant floating eye of the beholders yeah. and massive dragons that blow <laughs> fire across the map from off screen sometimes. <laughs> That's awesome. I and like that. It doesn't just kill you or hurt you. It just puts you in an area that's like just terrifying. Yes. Everything you, here you, will brutalize are you. Are you able to escape back to where you were? Or? Yes. Okay. Good. You can. You're just like, but you have to find the exit and you're running from everything. <laughs> and it's all chasing after you. Fire shooting everywhere. But gaze beams are shooting at you. Giant knights walking around, stomping through walls. And you're like, I got to get out of here. And you're like legitimately panicking because not only... Is this already cha- difficult? Mm. But depending on how far down the dungeon you got, you might have some pretty sweet stuff you want yeah. to escape with. So you're stressed. So much about this reminds me of, again, I was like kind of looking back at old games I used to play. I used to play this game when I was really little in DOS, and it was a version of Rogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was all ASCII characters. I mean, Rogue is. Now Rogue like, is the birth of all of this stuff. All this of stuff, because stuff. it sounds so much like that. I mean, it was just like your little smiley face, and you can move left to right, but there's all of these things where it was like you can't see all around you. There's certain doors. If you don't take your time and level up, then you might find monsters in areas that are like way higher level than they should be, and I'll just knock you out. And then you're done. That's it. The game's over. Doesn't didn't save anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to start over again. 
but yeah it reminds me so much of that where like you go into areas that are just like you make one bad step or you take one little risk mm-hmm. and suddenly it's just swarms and, and that's swarms part of why of, like, this minotaurs and crazy stuff and that's part of why yeah. this is I love especially that yeah. devious because it's like you said in a lot of those kinds of games if it happens if you come across the giant minotaur room it's probably because you opened the door you shouldn't <laughs> or you're like well what's one more floor gonna hurt you know yeah it's always like uh, you know, I, I could deal with this, or I could deal what get down to one more floor and see what's down that way. And in the case of this, it idea. might be here. Here's a rainbow because one of the types of gates is literally a rainbow, which is like amazing if you go through a rainbow mm. door. It's is this like, like oh. a top down situation. Yeah, top down running around, like left, okay. up, down, left, right. Is it like a grid based running around? No, you can go diagonal too. Oh, cool. So like you're thinking, oh look, there's a rainbow. I can totally get in there and get to the next floor, and there should be an exit of the dungeon in there. And it's like you're running, and it's mouth. Oh crap, no! And it's like it's too late. You think and it's a rainbow, but it's mouth. It's actually mouth. It's, rain- <laughs> it's, it's rainbow mouth. And then that's where death happens. Death beckons. That's awesome. And you, on the positive though, on your way out, you get to hear this amazing track, and you may well find yourself. You I won't, like it. but you might find yourself. Maybe I can just stall a little longer. I like to this listen tune. to this music. I like this tune a lot. Mm. Well, I'm gonna put us into the chip tune world. How about this? As long as it doesn't involve going into a hell now. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I can't promise you this. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is the game uh, driver, or like the driver mm-hmm. for the PlayStation, but this is the the Game Boy Color port. So. You imagine this is this was like the Game Boy Color was a, I feel like was a time in video games where they were like oh there's this really cool 3D game like Tomb Raider and stuff let's make it for the Game Boy Color and it's like a completely different game <laughs> but um, this the soundtrack is pretty true to the original so the original music is by Alistair Brimble but this is kind of chiptunized with some original elements by Steve Rocket for the Game Boy Color and this is the title theme. To the game Driver. And I just like the fact that his name is Steve Rocket. Steve Rocket. Yeah, there's a, his, the name of his production company is like something something Rocket. You know, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Choo Choo Rocket? Um, yeah, and then someone figured out you know, who he was, and, and here we are. And here we are today listening to his Game Boy Color. It's like, how do we figure out who this is? Let's look up for peop- look up this people game whose does, last name is Rocket. This game does not look good. <laughs> oh, no. But this music is really cool. So, um, Driver for the Game Boy Color. theme from the game driver for the game boy color driver <laughs> hello driver. sorry i'm getting a little loud close to the microphone <laughs> let me try it again driver <laughs> uh, hello listen- joe we're listening to driver are you 
making fun of my automobile. <laughs> this is the largest automobile I could afford. So, like, on the PlayStation, this is, like, you're, you're the driver of, like, getaway cars and stuff like that. It's all three 3D, you know, behind the car running around. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in the Game Boy Color, it's essentially just, like, top-down, two-dimensional... Wait, so was this actually a port of the Driver series? Yeah. Oh, dear Lord, how does that <laughs> even make sense? How did somebody in the studio go, you know, I'm we got to get you. this on that Nintendo box? So so there's, I feel like there's two sides to this era of video games, where one, really, really terrible ports of games <laughs> oh, yeah. to the Game Boy Color. Almost like, you almost think of them as cash grabs, right? I mean, maybe they're maybe they're interesting games in their own right. I, have, I mean, I can't say I've tried everything. But nothing like the original. Well, the but is, on the other side of this coin, on the other side of this coin, mm-hmm. is that the Game Boy Color has some of the best music the Game Boy has to offer. Well, I will say there was a sweet middle ground there for studios who knew what the heck they were doing, in which someone, I'm sure it was usually money wigs, were like, all right, what's the most popular device out in the market? The Game Boy Color! We had to get this PlayStation 1 or 2 game <laughs> onto that! Like, What? Yeah. And then rather than just succumb to the idiocy of the big bucks, you know, right. moguls in the company, they go, why don't we just make a completely different game, but give it the same title, Yeah, and it'll really be a brand new game, but it has the marketing appeal of the original series. Well, I mean, like, it tells you, too, that this Game Boy hardware, like, this, it's, I mean, at the time, it's still primitive. Mm-hmm. When this came out, the PlayStation was still out, yeah, doing all this stuff, and, and they were still making like eight-bit Game Boy games. If I'm not mistaken, the Game Boy some, Color. Some went. kid asks his parents for Driver for Christmas, and he gets the Game Boy version. He's like, "Ooh, yeah, ooh, <laughs> this isn't what I saw." Have to be grateful. Have to be grateful. <laughs> but like, yeah, the Game Boy Color was around till. I mean, I could be wrong because I'm an old man. Oh, but wow. like 2002, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Before, like, around 2002 is around the time, like, the big studios started dropping it because Game Boy Advance was out at this point. Right, yeah. But, you know, they try to hold on and drop a few more games before they officially run away. But then the Barbie horse race adventures and the, you know, like, generic, you know, Rugrats games were still dropping through, like, 2005 (laughs) or 6. Easy. It was ridiculous. I remember working at KB Toys and being dumbfounded when Game Boy Color games were still coming. Like, who the heck is buying this? And some mom comes and is like, I need to get that new Rugrats the movie game. Because Game Boys were everywhere. Like, because the Game Boy Color games, they still played on the classic standard Game Boys. Because mm-hmm. I never had anything more. I never I never upgraded my little boxy gray Game Boy. That's like the four AA batteries and everything. Like, and, I did never you, Did yours end up it. with that unfortunate mark where like some of the screen just kind of disappeared? I don't know why it happened. Oh, um, I remember that happened a couple times, and I actually returned it to get it repaired and got it back. But they always like would send me back like the same one. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, we we quote unquote it was fixed good. your I, Game Boy. I mean, it, that, those those things are, are lost to time now. I mean. I haven't hung on to almost anything for so long. I think I still have my original Game Boy in, the, in a box up in, in the library. Oh, man. But I just like calling it the library. It is the library. I mean, you have the, it's the game library. I need to organize a living daylight out of that, it. That's a question for our listeners. Like, what do you call your game collection? Like, if you have, like, a, a wall or a bookshelf in your house where you keep everything. Or a shoebox. Do you call it, like, your inventory? I think I'll <laughs> call it the inventory. <laughs> that would be a good one. Let I me think. just pull up the inventory. I do. I'll, I'll say I do inventory, though. Yeah, you, you do. You, you, uh, like you actually do. I do inventory. call it inventory. I'm yeah. doing inventory because, especially nowadays, because if you're doing digital games, I don't genuinely call digital games a part of a quote-unquote collection mm-hmm. because 
they can disappear as easily as having to do like a system transfer, uh, and yeah. like, they're like, this game is not available anymore. I I mean, we, were, we were just looking at some Game Boy games for a future episode, and I'm and I'm like already like feeling like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Like, and it's not a complicated thing. I, I love it. I love that stuff. But at least on the positive, at least until all the companies get chased out of oblivion by you know crazy marketers, <laughs> emulation at least makes those really old games easy to access because yeah I, I'm really I, really thankful that people have I'm really thankful for emulation in that these games aren't lost to time yes that they're being preserved somewhere that I can mm-hmm. still go back and like you know be like oh that's right that was great I spent a lot of time with that because whereas before I would have gone back mm-hmm. in time and kicked old 13 year old Purnell for selling all of his Super Nintendo games ah, to get a Sega Saturn right I can instead <laughs> go it's okay young Purnell I have a Super Nintendo emulator here that plays everything yeah yeah oh, you whereas know, I the, still don't have a Saturn emulator that works well in the future you can play all of these games every single one on this one little thing, put it in your pocket. Put it on an airplane. <laughs> put it on an airplane. It doesn't even matter. It's like all that, all that hard work you put in to get that one cart. You just put it on a micro SD card. Yeah. What's a micro SD card? Is that some kind of candy? <laughs> no. Is this me when I'm older? No. <laughs> Where'd all my hair go? <laughs> Time stole it. Time is not kind to you. Young man. <laughs> all right. What's your last tune? Well. I decided... That I went to, to a dark place. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, time wasn't kind to me. Have you seen my head? <laughs> I actually reminds me I had to cut it tonight because it grows back so freaking fast. Like, oh, mercy. I was going to go down <laughs> like a weird tangent about how shaving how like, shaving and all about... Like, I don't know. That's ridiculous. So I'm going to stick with this track instead. Yes. And this track is from an old classic game of mine that I've always loved. And that game is Kid Icarus. Oh, nice. Not of Myths and Monsters, though I technically could have gone with are you that. On, are you going classic? I'm going classic, baby. Yes. And the track that I picked is the Underworld theme from Kid Icarus, composed by our man Hirokazu Tanaka, a.k.a. Mixmaster Hip Tanaka. <laughs> Mixmaster Hip Tanaka. That's right. <laughs> Let's do it. Do, 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 do. You are listening to 
Underworld, the Underworld theme from the game Kid Icarus, composed by Hirokazu, Hip Tanaka, and Rob. <laughs> I, I believe this is the, maybe the first time he's heard this track because he has no, I mean, he has blown me away by what he is pulling out of its, well, uh, this, tran- this, this track. Here. Okay, Hirokazu Tanaka is is a people call him a master uh, of of game music, and this is why. Like this song is so smart. And, and I have heard this music before, but I've never really like stopped and like headphones on. That makes sense. Just yeah, really. Now we're like it. we're focusing on the right. track, not so the game. So it starts off with this bass. Okay, then you get then you get the theme, the classic Icarus theme, the Kid Icarus theme. And there's a little bit of a percussion there with a little which is fun. Okay, now you got a B section, and it's super cool. Repeats the B section. You can imagine like flutes or something. Okay. A snare drum. A snare drum on the two. That's so cool. One, two, one, two. And then, and then right here, like halftime. He, he takes the drum on halftime. I He's love the how guy. he referred to it as halftime, which is I'm, obviously it's a technical term, but my first thought when he said it's halftime, I'm like, I just pictured like the court splitting <laughs> and all the cheerleaders running out. <laughs> like, yeah, let's but, go. Yeah, Kid like, Icarus. But like he's got the drum on the two, but then he splits it out and he puts it on the three and so it stretches it out. So it's it's uh, it's slow, but it, oh, it's such it's so smart. It's I, so smart. He only has like a minute and a half on this song. And he puts it to work. And he's got a B section, A section, repeats the B section, has two different rhythms. It's just an amazing tune. I'm just loving this. Like now I'm seeing like Pitt just walking off the screen and then the Grim Reaper and his little Grim Reaper babies walking onto the field doing their like wacky dance <laughs> <laughs> over this track. And it's honestly something that I feel would be just just perfect. I would like that. Anything that involves Grim Reaper dancing is A-OK in my book and we need more of it. You know, I was just like starting to turn the volume up on your microphone because I was like, why am I not recording your voice? But I'm looking at my microphone. <laughs> Boom. <I'm> like, Whoops. <laughs> and I just made that little line expander. But like, yeah, Kid Icarus is a series that is hard to even call a series. Is, yeah, I was say, is this series? Is it, they never really did like a sequel. Sequel. Nah. The only I mean, game they, this they, was, they this is super popular. This was one of the first NES games. Yeah, right? this is back when they still described the games as adventure series and action series. Awesome. Um, but there was Kid Icarus, and then later on they made a sort of. It wasn't a Prince of example. Was something before where it was like a sequel, but not a sequel, and it was called Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. And it, the format was exactly the same as the game, the original NES game, mm-hmm. but due to it being on the Game Boy, they took some liberties and changed a few things up, right. so that it felt like a completely new game. Hmm. Even though you still went Underworld, Overworld, Sky World, and then you know Sky okay. Palace, and it was still eight bit hardware for the music. Is the music similar? Yeah, they changed some of the music up. Like I felt, I'm pretty sure the entire OST was kind of different. Okay, I love the. I still listen to the final. Dungeon theme or the final stage theme for Kickers of Myth and Monsters on a regular basis. Myths and Monsters. Great. And then, of course, many, 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 many years later, we finally got Kid Icarus Uprising on the 3DS, and when they announced it, people lost their marbles because <laughs> they thought Nintendo forgot that Kid Icarus was a person. And here we are. And then, of course, then we got him in Smash Bros. along with the Palutena quips. Which I think is probably one of the most interesting components of that game. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? No, no. I think you'll enjoy this. The, so, the quips. So what it is is, you know, Kid Icarus is an angel, and he works under the service of the goddess Palutena. Mm. In Smash Brothers, Kid Icarus and Palutena are characters in the game. And if you pick, I remember if you have to turn an op- option on, or if you have to have. 
pit in the game, but not Palutena. But in Kinnikers Uprising, they kind of have conversations during the game. Like, oh, neat. Pit and Palutena will be having like a, like a telepathic conversation. So in Smash Brothers, when you have a match, Palutena will be talking to Pit about an opponent he's fighting. So, like, say he's fighting Solid Snake. She'll go, oh, who's this? Pit will go, who's this guy? He's got a really cool bandana. And she'll go, oh, that's Solid Snake. From from what I understand, he comes from a place called, he's always dealing with a company called Outer Heaven. Like, Outer Heaven is like a subsect of our version of Heaven. And there's a bit this really weird conversation that they just have about the character. And they have a unique conversation for every character that exists in the game. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it is such a fine attention to detail. Huh. That's cool. I didn't know that they did that. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I like the idea that the the game Kid Icarus is, is so so old, especially in the history of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so popular that despite it being from so long ago, they um, people still wanted to see these characters again. And they, and they revived them for other for other games, even in other other game series, despite it not really having like a, like you know like Mega Man having like six games on the NES and, and, and Final Fantasy having all of these games on, on specific systems. It was just Kid Icarus. I'm not gonna lie. I think a small part of it, and I'm saying small because gener- hmm. this is I mean there's multiple generations in play here, but I think a small part of him having retained relevance is the fact that he was on Captain and the Game Master because. <sighs> Even with repeats and did, with do the repeats, DVDs and all that stuff, he always had a place to be seen. If someone was like, "Hey, let's watch Captain N." Oh, oh that, who's that guy? Kid God, Icarus. he's terrifying. Yeah, and he I, always spoke. I, with this is the most I've googled stuff on this show, and I, I was like, oh, "Kid Icarus on Captain N." I remember that. Oh, wow, he looks like a troll. <laughs> like, like, he's he's like a troll cause... doll mixed with I don't know what, like um. Like a Punky Brewster. There were probably a large, there was probably there was probably a large number of people that knew of him from this show, but had never played any of the games oh, he was so in. Strange. Is that Mega Man? Yes, <laughs> Mega is. I have to close this. This is awful. <laughs> that is a piece of gaming history, I, sir. I don't want to remember. <laughs> help me forget, Pernell. Help me forget about this. Well, there is one way to do that, yes. and that is by you picking the next track. Oh, my next one's another little piece of gaming history. This is from, uh, actually, actually, this is, um... Well, actually. Uh, and this is for the Sega Genesis. This is called Power Drive. So not Driver, this is Drive. Power Drive! But, um... You should have selected Feather Touch, Robert. Feather Touch. Mm-hmm. Some of the listeners know what I'm talking about. Feather. Oh, is this a, uh... All right, so, um, Wing... Wait, are you playing the game with me? No, oh. this, this is just this is just a thing Pernell does. You probably would guess off the top of your head if you just were like, what does Pernell typically have a habit of doing? It'll just click for you, I'm uh, sure. We'll figure it out. Anyway, um, this is a soundtrack I, I don't think I knew about. And when I listened to it today, I was really surprised I haven't heard of it because this is really cool. This is the composer is Kevin Bruce. So it's a uh, Western composer. And this is Background Music 3 for the game Power Drive. And it's just a racing, not golfing. Okay. Because Power Drive would be a cool golf name. I do have a game called Power Golf. Power Golf. Power. <laughs> Power. Power.
This is Background Music 3 from the game Power Drive for the Sega Genesis, composed by Kevin Bruce. So, yes, this has got everything. <laughs> I, f- I mean, it sounds like a mixture of, honestly, of Tim Fallen, you know what I'm talking about? It's got this really crazy arpeggiations, really deep bass. I'm all about this track. But a little bit of like that Matt Furness kind of uh, dancing beat. I love that snare drum. I love how you find these mm. tracks from mm. games I would have never in my life even thought about. And they <laughs> turn out to be just phenomenal. It's really cool. I love this track so much. I, I love all the, I love this little section here with those little uh, chords, you know. And then it goes away. And then you got this one section here. This is another song with, with headphones on. It's bouncing all over the place. It's really cool. We'll have to put together some sort of like Rhythm and Pixels best picks list or something because... Well, that's our anniversary show. <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. But sort of. the anniversary can only have so much in it. <laughs> so this is like a top-down racing uh, situation type game. Um, so is it kind of like... Um, Actually, I can't even think of the name of the game. Uh-huh, I think, that's all like, I know for now. There's like a Neo Geo <laughs> game where it's like you, where you're driving yeah. like up and down. Like, Over oh, top. Every once they'll have like the they'll have like a triangle at the top. It's like right, right, right. And you have to turn right with the track. Yeah, it looks it looks a lot. That's Over Top is what you're thinking of. Yeah. I love that soundtrack, and that that's that's it looks it looks similar to it. But I haven't I haven't played either. Micro Machines is another game that has that style of yeah, play. Yeah, I, I like the Micro Machines way of it because it, there's, the cars are a lot smaller, mm-hmm. and it's more about racing one-on-one and like knocking your opponent into like obstacles and things where games like overtop and like this are i'm gonna imagine are more like um racing 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 and I'd you don't see a lot of the track in front of you yeah i would say motor rotor though you don't get much of the track in front of you just like you say mm-hmm. here but i think motor rotor is still probably the favorite game i've played like this yeah because they're all like futuristic style mm-hmm. cars you get to do like nice tweaks between stages Th- this sounds this music sounds like motor rotor like kind of amped up for the sega genesis you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's really cool but, well, then they, but I was going to say this is no shout in the dark, but at the same time, I don't know. This is also really good. Shout in the dark is pretty amazing, though. But this has got that deep, deep Genesis bass, which I'm into. But I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. You have selected bonus round. <laughs> the bonus round is the part of the show where we listen to covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And um, Pernell, our theme is complaining about games trying to get money from us. <laughs> I got a perfect one for that. Actually, I don't think this does fall into that. I think this game is microtransaction free. Okay, what you got? This track is from a game that I've actually never played, but I've genuinely had an interest in for a while. Just never got around to giving it a solid shout. But this track is good. And it's from the game Terraria, as in Terrarium. And... It is a remix cover of the Underworld theme. Oh, Terrar- by- Terraria is a Genesis game. No, that's that, it might be, but this Terraria... I think, no. Is, uh, it's been on a lot of systems, but I want to... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Sonic the Hedgehog. Go on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got, there, you got, a, got Sonic the Hedgehog movie on the brain, huh? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that did get me a little excited. <laughs> In the wrong way, I'm going to assume, because have you seen that poster? Very strange. It's very awful. Very but I'm, I, I'm hoping the movie, I'm going to let until the movie comes out, because you never know. They might tweak it. That could have just been some really bad slapped together CG. Say, hey, look, this game, this movie's coming. I'm going to wait but, until um, it's free on YouTube. Go on. Oh, you. <laughs> Actually, due to my whole go to the movies alone stigma, I might be doing that myself. But 
I might get my butt to go see the new Spider-Man movie and uh, what was it in Wreck-It Ralph too? I need to yeah, go see, those, see both those movies and in uh, the Pikachu movie, Detective Pikachu looks amazing. Yeah, but that's next year, so I got time to get into that. Oh, okay. these are both out time. now. I mean, what's the song you're gonna play? <laughs> <laughs> so this is from the movie Song the Hit. No. Oh, cool. Um, it's from Terraria. It's the Underworld theme covered by artist that goes by Eris Folly. Deep. That was dark. That was the underworld. <laughs> Deep and dark. Like, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. I love this track. It makes me even more interested in wanting to play the game. It always stuck out to me because it's a game that became very popular, but I always looked at it as being a game that took like Final Fantasy six sprites <laughs> and made a brand new game out of them because uh, the main char- all the characters kind of the human a, characters look like Final Fantasy six uh, sprites. Is it, it's not a fan game. This is its own thing. It was a game that was created. Yeah, it's, it's own thing. It's just that the sprites themselves just resemble Final uh, Fantasy six characters, but the game itself is its own entity, and it spawned multiple ports. 
and updates and the like. Like I'm almost positive there's like even like a PS4 and Xbox One version of the game, even though this game itself started hmm. maybe one or two gens back. Like it's been around for a while, but it's good. It's like a, a sort of. I'm not even going to get this right because this, <laughs> this is just me like saying I want to play it, but I'm almost positive it's a sort of like ecosystem that gets created, probably even randomly generated when you start, hmm. and you can dig go further down into the ground and there's like dungeons underground oh, there's cool. like surface enemies you can fight and you can get equipment that you can bolster oh up. i played something like this minecraft well pretty much <laughs> yeah it's a 2d minecraft okay cool cool it's like a 2d minecraft oh so that's okay not, you're not far off the mark yes yes okay i, I think I, I i think i have seen this one before all right so my track is from a game that i believe just came out or is on its way out it is called Desert Child. It is out. Is it out? Okay. This is a um, it's a game that will definitely by the time this episode launches. It is a um, jazzy and hip hop RPG about hover bike racing. <laughs> and it looks really neat. It's really really cool looking. Um, it's got a really neat uh, pixel art aesthetic, mm-hmm. which I like a lot. But it's there's a lot going on. Um, this is out on Switch and Steam. Um, and this is a track called The Driver. I think it's one of the characters in the game, and this is his theme. And the artist for this is unknown for now. I still am not sure. Um, because this game is so new, the credits are not really widely available, and the soundtrack isn't really widely available. This is a version that came off of its Kickstarter as they were still promoting the game. Ooh. So this is called The Driver from Desert Child. The um, The opening theme, or at least a version of the opening theme, has a cover or is done by Mega Ran. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's got, there's a lot of cool hip hop going on in this game, but this is called the driver from the game desert child. Hey, Bard! I got a scheme going. We're going to make money. Calling gravel. In the good prehistoric age. We're going to make that money sing. By pickpocketing those people that my job to sell the product to the folks. Read the Flintstones. Yeah, but dab I do. That would do. 
<laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they made me up together. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's asking for the lyrics. And we're just the ones to give it. Just the ones to do it. That was The Driver from Desert Child. You can get this on Switch and or Steam. And the composer on this one is still unknown. But those lyrics, but those, those lyrics, fresh lyrics, they're all ours. It's all ours. I'm sorry. <laughs> I recorded that whole thing. I'm sure you did. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying this one. I, I'm hoping I can get it on Steam and working on my uh, the computer I have hooked up to the TV. Otherwise, it's probably on the I console, it, too. I know the version I'm reviewing is on console. Right, on Switch. No. Oh, no? No, mine isn't on Switch. I think, I, I'm pretty sure the co- I'm going to be playing it throughout the whole weekend. Oh, great. But I'm pretty sure my copy is Xbox One. So if it's on Xbox One, it's probably, probably on PS4. On PlayStation 4. Okay, great. That's what I've got, and I'm not buying anything else. <laughs> Nor so. should you. I actually still question if that's going to be how I am when the next gen hits. It's like, mm. all right, time for printout to rain down to just one console, <laughs> if that. Yeah. Well, for more information on the bonus part of our bonus round part of our show and on the apocalypse, go to rhythmandpixels.com. <laughs> Why the apocalypse? Well, when the when the when the when the end of the world happens and you can only have one game console, which which, which one will it be? Which one will it be? We we got the news you can use. <laughs> tips for the tricks. Thank you for joining us on episode 16-3 of Rhythm and Pixels. Um, our one-word theme. I might actually just name this episode The Underworld Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Underworld Driver. Or Underworld Driving or something like that. That'd be kind of funny, right? But then after that, we'd have to have like an actual episode. Now I want to have tracks devoted to Underworld Driving. You <laughs> drive to in the Underworld. Yeah, there's got to be some like under underground like themes for uh, Mario Kart, right? When you're going to Hades to save your loved one from the seven circles, well, you'll want music you can drive to as you're spiraling upwards. Man, how am I going to get... A la Dante's Inferno. So how do I get to the underworld to save the world? Um, well, you um, here's the keys. Take an Uber. <laughs> Take an Uber. That's amazing. I said that really funny. <laughs> well, actually. I did not mean to say it like that. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, we always like to find strange topics and then do them because it's fun and um and for uh episodes going forward i'm probably going to do more silly quizzes so i hope you enjoyed that because i'm going to keep doing it i hope you enjoy my anxiety because it makes me laugh to watch Prinell sweat i hope you guys enjoy me dealing (laughs) with my my social problems as i try to break down solving quizzes for rob's bitter amusement yeah, it's from my amusement. I really, really like that. Um, but <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, also, uh, for another part of the show, if you've listened this far, we do appreciate that. Um, and in future episodes, um, I'm thinking we could do like a mailbag segment. What do you think? Like people writing in with stuff? Yeah, if you have questions about games, if you have questions about us, if you have questions about like your life. If like, you have questions about how many times the sun revolves around the moon. Yeah, we can. You know, actually, with that, we should probably look it up. If you want to Google us. <laughs> Google us. Um, if you have, like, uh, um, we can give, like, we can give out life advice. I don't know if you should take it, but we can do that. That'd be, be a fun thing to do. 
Um, so yeah, we'll start putting that up. Oh, we want to talk about uh, January 29th is the Everything is Awesome Podcast and Comedy Festival in South Philly. We will be there performing the podcast. I would say that performing the podcast. Trying to figure out where the comedy will come from yes. as we squeeze into this this venue. We might have a comedian with us just to be like, yes, yeah, see, we're funny. And today, special guest, that guy we paid fifty dollars from the corner of South and Second Street. But it's gonna be somewhere on South Street. There's there's four different venues. I'm not sure which one um, we're gonna be at yet, but we'll have more details on that as we uh, get along here. Um, also, later on in January, um, after the new year, we're going to have some more guests. So look out for that. We have the host of KVGM, Hammock. The Hammock. Hammer! going to be joining us on the show. I'm really excited about that. love saying that name. Yeah. Hammock! Hammock! So I'm really, really happy for that. And um, if you want to get in contact with us, if you have questions for us, we can read them out on the show. Or if you just want to say hi, uh, send an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. And if you'd like more information about the show, a full track listing of all the episodes and, and links to all the other fun stuff that we're doing and that Pernell's doing, um, go to the website. RhythmandPixels.com. And for the record, yeah. Rob did an awesome freaking thing. He oh. actually has it set that like the, when I write reviews for Hey Poor Player, they actually link to Rhythm and Pixels. Oh, sorry, yes. Rhythm and Pixels links to those. So you can like go to say, oh, print out the review. You can click on it and read the review if that right. tickles your fans. So go to heypoorplayer.com, and the latest review was for what? Well, by the time this episode comes out, it will probably be for Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. Yeah, but which before, I know you're excited about. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, that game. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I want to say it was for the game Toki, which was an update to the classic game Toki. Or Toki Going Ape Spit, which yeah. is a really bizarre name. And you should say these are written reviews; they're not like video or anything like that. Yeah, um, but they're 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 like they're um they're really tight, like they're they're cut really nicely. Um, they're funny, they're informative, and I think they're really great. And I like what you're doing, and I appreciate it because every time I write one, like people are shocked. I was like, why did it take you so long to write a review? It's like because I second guess every <laughs> word. It's I definitely am more of a. Of audio format kind of guy because I like the wackiness of it but at the same time I like dipping my fingers into a different format and seeing can I actually write can I convey my thoughts in a form by stringing together cohesive sentences on paper well I think you're doing a great job with it because I, I really enjoy reading them so they will be linked there um, if you're not just going to go to the website also go to um, Facebook Twitter Instagram it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, yes. All the links to the stuff's going on there. And if you want to um, support the show, go ahead and just share it with your friends. Click the share button or tell people about it. That, that's just really, really helpful. You can click the subscribe button on whatever you're listening to. Or not. It's fine. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not your dad. But he is going to suggest it as a good friend would do. Yeah. Um, and we also want to thank um, everyone who's supporting us on Patreon. On Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. I'd like to thank Brian Kunkel, Alex the Messenger Messenger, uh, The Autistic Gamer, Mark Shrout, Cameron Worma, Christopher Senstrom, Damian Beckles, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito, Henrik Anderson, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version Podcast, Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray, 
Um, new Patreon subscriber, Jupiter Jazz. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see you sharing our um, our new episodes it's here and really there on Twitter. Always appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank uh, Sola Sanctuary, John Jekyll, or John Jekyll, John. John. Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. He told me, and I was like, crap. Well, he's going to tell you again. <laughs> I can <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> uh, Joe Vasallo, Chris Anderson, David Smith, um, you're all aces. Thank you so much for your help. Thanks for being spectacular people and just genuinely being fun to talk to and also for just being wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thank you all. Thanks for, and thanks for listening to Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. Have a great week. And remember, this is a bizarre one, I guess, but it just came to mind anyway. Um, honestly, spoken word, written word, we all want to communicate in, a, as, in the way that feels most comfortable to us. Though I tend to always be of the mind of saying it's always cool to kind of expand your vocab and the things that you say. Try not to be a one-word you know, one word, one trick pony. Oh, I like that. Use as expand your vocab as best as possible. Sometimes, heck, do what I do. Just make some freaking words up. You'd be surprised how far it could go. I, years ago, the game categories was a thing. I was I started using categories as a weird thing to say when I was confused. <laughs> and years later, there's a subsect of people in Virginia that still say categories. I like that. That's amazing. Is it family? No, friends. Oh, friends. <laughs> I, grew up, I knew back in that day. I'm still friends with They still that's, use it. That's great. Yeah, I like that. So um, find other words to replace other words. Yes. And just random words. Just be you, but diverse you. Just yeah. use different words to convey thoughts. Just be bizarre. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Put our vast vocabulary yeah. to use. Language is powerful, so confuse people with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Confuse people with it. Good night.